introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, pitches it. This. To oh, Mo Williams! Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! Alright, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. We're rolling a little bit light. It is the holidays. Folks are spending time with the family. We're Prince and I. We went, we carved out a bit of time to come in here, talk to y'all. We took a little bit of time away to let this last awful game digest, but we're here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to preview the end of the season. So let's get into it. Saxy Prince, my man, how you doing? How you been? How was your Christmas? How are things going? It was good. You know, uh, I think what you love the most about the holidays is you get to spend time with the family. Um, So, you know, I got to see, um, got to see my mom, my dad. Um, You know, I already kind of spent enough time with my, uh, my siblings, but, you know, I had reached out to my cousins last week and, you know, they, right as we're about to leave me, my older brother about to leave the house uh, they actually pulled up, so I was like, "Okay, we're here for another couple hours, you know, getting getting together." But yeah, it's a good time spending time with family. Um, I know that not everyone has that privilege, so you know, it's not something that I take for granted. No doubt, no doubt, and it's it's a busy time, but it's a good time of year. It's fun. The kids and I dressed up uh, in unicorn onesies for one of the family outings today. It was a uh, was good times, fun times were had by all. So uh, yeah, but we made it to the other end. Boxing Day in Canada, which is another shopping day for us today. But uh, we're here now. We get to chop it up. We get to talk some Vikings. And uh, let's not delay the bad news, the bad conversation any longer. Prince, I need you to talk to me about it. This Packers game, I've watched it a couple times now. And uh, I need your thoughts on what really went wrong in this game. Did uh, the Packers offensive I guess the Packers defensive coaching staff, did they just completely outcoach us in this game? Because it seemed that the Vikings abandoned a lot of the things that have been really, really helping them through this season. Not a lot of play action, not a lot of moving the pocket. We we, we started pulling out, you know, trick plays and, and, and different things that, you know, we haven't really done a lot of. Most of the times we were beating teams so far this year is really we were beating them straight up. And um, we just seemed out of sorts, unable to get Kirk Cousins into a rhythm, unable to protect Kirk Cousins in this game. He got jittery, um, and the offense was just really unable to to sustain any sort of success. Thielen's back, still not looking like the same guy. Uh, Talk to me, man. What are your thoughts on this game? I guess we'll start with the, the fundamental question. Why did we lose? Well, um, it's not because of the defense. We can say that uh, the offensive woes that I think have done—they've done a really good job, and I and I give credit to Coop Fansky with this—done a really good job about masking some of the deficiencies on the offense. Right? Um, we have done a really good job beating up on on teams that are just not good. You know. I don't necessarily want to say that they're bad teams, but definitely teams that aren't, I wouldn't consider to be, you know, top echelon or above, well above average or whatever the case is. So we've done a good job being up on those. Before, before you go too far down that point, because you did say something there, but you did mention that they've done a good job of masking some of the deficiencies on the offense. Yeah. 
Could you could you maybe take us a little bit deeper into what you mean by that and and what they've been doing, what those deficiencies are, just uh, to help us understand what you mean by that? Yes, um, this offensive line is not great. It it hasn't been great all season long. Um, you know, have there been games where players have done well? Yes, but I think uh, Garrett Bradbury has not had a great season. Obviously, he's a rookie, so we'll have to go through those growing pains. Um, you know, Pat Elfline has been a consistent issue. Um, you know, Riley Reef has done for the most part okay, but obviously against those you know top echelon defensive ends, uh, you know he struggles a little bit. But obviously that that hurts him a little bit more so because he is trying to. Uh, I think he's trying to. Um, I think he's trying to do a little bit more to compensate for the fact that Pat Elfline is not doing so well. So you, coupled with an offensive line that doesn't do well, um, you have uh, you have an offense that is predicated on making Dalvin Cook the focal point, uh, which, uh, you know, Jason as nauseum, you know, admittedly, you know, it took me a while to kind of see how the NFL was evolving and stuff. So, you know, I was obviously still team RB and I still am, but I will say that it, it's definitely more sexy to watch Stefan Diggs um, cut up, you know, a lot of opposing defenses, uh, uh, defensive backs. Um, and it just feels as if the deficiencies that exist are, um, Kirk Cousins, when he's in a rhythm, I, I think he can be um, better than what his uh, his reputation is. Um, but obviously, once he gets, you know, those mistakes start to happen, he's he's he, that the pressure of oh crap, I really need to carry this franchise. When he has to do that for multiple games on uh, in a row, I think he can do it. For you ask him to do it a couple games out of the season, yeah, he'll do it right. But if you ask him to do that for an entire season because maybe he's lost his uh, second best wide receiver or, you know, he doesn't have his stud running back or whatever the case is, that's when things start to crumble. So I think coupled with like the two most important pieces, uh, the, the five offensive linemen and then that quarterback, I mean, those are the deficiencies. Like they, they don't, they don't mesh well together because this, Offensive line is not a really great pass blocking offensive line. Not even really a great run blocking pass uh, offensive line. But um, you know, for what Kirk is used to when he was playing in Washington, I mean, he had a wall. He doesn't have a wall this time. He has uh, he has guys who play well in select plays and select games or whatever. Really, all he's had is consistently is is Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill has been a stud all season long. Um, which is great, but that's not the side that we worry about the most from Kirk. We worry about his blind side, and that's on the, on the other side. You have uh, Pat Elfline and you know Riley Reef who uh, struggle at times. So I would say on the offense, coupled with those two things, um, those are the deficiencies. And I think the Packers exploited that because they had a great interior pass rush. And admittedly, we haven't really faced a ton of interior pass rushes over the last, I want to say, eight games. And we got exploited. And then I asked myself, okay, when we get to the playoffs, we have we have a couple teams we're going to face, if we face them, who have good interior pass rushing ability. So, you know, to answer your question, I, I think it's really those two things. And so you, you you touched on something, and I feel like you knew when you said it. I was gonna have to to get you to to say a little bit more. So this this idea that that Dalvin Cook is or should be or 
whatever you, however you want to to, to, to to phrase that sentence, the focal point of the offense. And I, I guess I just, I, I have a problem with that statement in that I guess when you, when you go and look at metrics like, you know, sports info solutions, total points, Kirk Cousins, you know, his total points are, are far greater than Dalvin Cook's, which, which is another way of showing that, you know, Kirk is, he's the quarterback. Like, I don't feel like there's any way around saying like, we can run the outside zone, but that is, uh, Alexander Madison shows as a more elusive player than Dalvin Cook. Both of them show as very good, good players. It's the system. It's the offensive line. As much as it is the talent of the individual players, regardless of, of the type of scheme that we, we try to run or what we try to do to maybe mask some of the deficiencies, isn't Kirk Cousins still the focal point of this team's offense? And isn't this offense as constructed with Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr.? Aren't we really still set up to be a finesse team and a passing team if we're looking to be an ultimately successful deep into the playoffs, Super Bowl contending type of team. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll say it this way. I think we are set up to be a passing team. I think when you look at the weapons that we put into place against Stefan Diggs, um, Adam Thielen, uh, yes, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. and stuff. And I mean, obviously I'm even saying CJ Ham because he's he's we've gotten away with things that we shouldn't have been able to get away with with CJ Ham. But uh, ultimately, yes, we are built to be a pass-first offense. That doesn't necessarily mean, but that's what they want the focal point to be, you know. Um, and I think that goes that that goes back to uh, the head coach and what he definitely wants his offense to be like. Now, I think he's he is uh, allowed for us to be more um, be more pass-heavy and definitely. Um, shape our offense around the 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 our again our best offensive uh, our best offensive weapons as you always say Jason um and it's it, it's it's a it's, it's a nuanced conversation because yes we are we are we set up that way yes um is that what Zimmer wants for this offense um I don't know if that's the case even though I've seen him take more of a um I think he's he's taken his foot uh, or taken his hand off the wheel a little bit more so as it relates to the offense. So um, it, it, it's the, it's, it goes to say that I think it, it shows you that if we, if we moved even further in the direction of being a pass-first offense, I think you would see this offense be even more explosive than it is. Because again, you do have s- such um, – uh, reliable and consistent explosive weapons that you can really take advantage of. Stefan Diggs is going to beat basically every corner in the league. Adam Thielen is also going to make it hard because then you have to have two stud corners to be able to ha- hang out with them. And then that leaves, uh, you know, that potentially leaves, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook in the flat. That leaves potentially Kyle Rudolph to, to, to do some stuff. Irv Smith Jr. We are set up to be that team. Um, it's just, I don't know if that's what the uh they want the focal point to be if that makes sense no that makes perfect sense and i think that's a perfect way of saying it and uh i guess it brings us to the next thing with you know the quarterback being as important a piece as uh as he is um it seems like we're a long way away because we talk about a lot of things we take a lot of sides a lot of positions on uh, on the show just to kind of talk things out really pulling things off the timeline 
And there was a time not long ago, I mean, hell, a couple episodes ago on Pocket Protectors, Nick Olson laid out how one could build a case for Kirk Cousins. Um, how could one would build a case for Kirk Cousins as an MVP candidate, not Kirk Cousins being the MVP, but the fact that as Nick was laying out the case, saying that we're really overrating the surroundings for Kirk this year because his pass blocking isn't great. Adam Thielen has been injured for much of the season, and so you have been really getting things done on offense with a healthy Stefan Diggs, but a mishmash of Ola B.C. Johnson and you know Kyle Rudolph, who is still Kyle Rudolph. He's the same guy. He's 10 yards per reception. He's not really breaking open a game or anything like that. Irv Smith is starting to get going. Laquan Treadwell has had a couple of games after they cut him and tried to get rid of him as our you know, most productive weapon in the passing offense. So we've been doing with a mishmash of guys. And so the argument that Nick made on that episode is that Kirk is performing or had been performing at a very high level with a uh, assortment of people around him without the same quality of um, supporting cast as maybe we had last year when he wasn't performing as well. Um, and so that was an argument one could make. I think it was more of a mental exercise for Nick than him saying that really Kirk Cousins should be in that discussion for real. But at that time, there was also a conversation around, should we extend Kirk Cousins? He's playing really well. I made the argument at the time when we were talking about it that, hey, the price is only going to go up. Um, when the new CBA comes into place, you know, we could be looking at paying Kirk Cousins, you know, basketball player type money, uh, depending on how things go. Uh, after that Packers game, it seems that the uh, the tide turned in a large way back the other direction. So, Saxy Prince, I guess I ask you again, what are your thoughts on an extension for Kirk Cousins? And I guess I'll ask you even another follow-up on that. What are the pros and cons? I don't want you to just give me one position. I want you to be able to walk me through why someone might think about extending Kirk Cousins and then why maybe it wouldn't be a great idea to do so. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm glad you asked me to go both directions because I actually think about both directions, specifically about this question. Um, I think there's a huge argument um, for extending Kirk Cousins um, because this is what it'll provide you. We don't know what uh, Zimmer or um, or Spielman's tenure is going to be with this with this team. I mean, obviously, it depends on how they finish this year and next year as well, too. Um, you know, this, this, this year is, it always feels like this year, it it feels like this year shaping up to be a disappointment, but still they've won 10 games, you know, after winning eight last, last year, uh, and missing the playoffs and now they're going to be in the playoffs this year. But anyways, um, the argument for, uh, uh, extending Kirk Cousins is two things. Um, it's Kirk Cousins doesn't have a... He doesn't have a challenger right now. And he specifically came to Minnesota because he didn't want to get challenged. Um, I think that's problematic as a competitor, but um, I, I get it because of the way Washington handled the situation. Uh, so right now he has a lot of, uh, you know, he has a lot of safety in, in the position that he's in with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, what it would be is if, let's say they sacked uh, Spielman, Zimmer, who all whoever, whatever the case is, extending cousins what it provides for you is it does provide you a little bit of a safety net he's gonna win your game he's gonna get you through the season you know he can get you with the weapons that we have in place he can get you to the playoffs that's what this year is right um so with that being said if you extend him what it allows you to do is you can go draft that guy that maybe you really really want to be your quarterback of the future 
And with that being said, it's now you have a QB battle in year three, year four, maybe year five of, of Kirk. And you're like, okay, the best QB wins. Now, obviously, if you're paying Kirk Cousins, let's say you, things with the CBA fall through, whatever the case is, and NFL ends up winning out, which probably would be the case, uh, you're paying Kirk Cousins $35, $40 million a year, right? And then you have this rookie quarterback who you really, really like. But again, you have a $40 million quarterback uh, 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 sitting on your bench, and that, that's a problem. Uh, so again, it, it does allow you to bridge uh, the two. I think Kirk, um, maybe as down as I am about his maybe his physical limitations, I do think maybe some of his mental acumen is there, which will be great for any uh, young rookie coming into the place. So they can learn a lot more, so probably get up to speed a little bit faster. Um, so that would be my argument for is it would provide you a lot of safety. Um, for you know any transition that you might have, which is what a lot of teams might not always have. They always go and try to sign you know a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick type guy um, who's a little bit older. It will get you there, but it doesn't is not really you're not really asking him to ha- help you compete. Kirk cut, can continue to ask you can continue to ask Kirk to help you compete because he is still younger than some of those other guys. Um, so that's my argument for it. Um, if you can find a way to uh, again, get rid of the no trade clause. Uh, you know, maybe reduce his cap hit, even if you might be giving him more money up front. Um, that's definitely a, that's definitely an avenue uh, the Vikings should explore. Now, my argument against is is this, and I'm not equating these two. It's just that I I, I saw um, this post on the timeline today. My argument against is the Mitchell Trubisky um, factor. Um, it is. A lot of teams, a lot of front offices won't move on from players, especially at the quarterback position, because it's like, okay, who are we going to have? You know, we can't do any better or whatever the case is. So they just decide to to remain in QB purgatory, a la, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, right? Rather than um, saying, hey, we're going to be bad for a few years. Obviously, they're trying to sell tickets. They're trying to sell hope, all that stuff. if you feel like it's going to be the best decision for your franchise, just like at any other position, uh, you should make that decision. Um, because at the end of the day, um, there are there a lot of high volatility uh, type play, co- players at the quarterback position in this league? Yes, absolutely. Um, is that a reason to continue to pay a guy or to keep him on your roster because of the fact that he plays a quarterback position? And I think no. And I think so many teams are so afraid to let that mediocre quarterback walk because of the perception of what are we going to do because we just got to mediocre and now we have to find a guy who's at least mediocre. Because you can't just – you can't just – what you have to do is, is is you have to at least get back to where you were at, if not better, for your fan base to, to really – uh, feel free, right? The the uh, Ravens effect. You you draft Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco. You you have to at least get to the Joe Flacco level for uh, for the fans to be like, okay, we're okay with this decision that you made. Not that the fans have anything to do with these decisions, but you do have to. You you are thinking like, hey, what's the best for my franchise? And you want to be able to have that full confidence when you tell the fan base. So my argument against it is I, 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 if you don't feel like this is the guy that is going to win you multiple Super Bowls or even a Super Bowl, uh, th- like don't waste your time. 
just let him play out his third year, regroup, draft some more studs on on both sides of the ball, and then find a quarterback that you can that can get you through that until you maybe maybe you find a stud quarterback that you want to make your quarterback of the future. But don't keep Kirk Cousins because you um, you don't want to go through what you went through in 2014. Is what I'm saying. All right. So your argument for keeping a Kirk sounds a lot like something Flip will say often is that have Kirk in, maybe bring some competition, go with like the, the Chiefs. We'll, we'll go with, a, with the, the, the Chiefs and maybe an Alex Smith situation. You bring in a Mahomes, see how that goes. Maybe see if you can get that no trade clause up out of there and trade Kirk someplace else. Or like you said, you know, Flacco. You know, the elite level of Flacco, Waka Flacco, bring in a Lamar, yeah, see what yeah, we can do because, there. Because, Jason, because, Jason, because the thing is, is um, you know how much I don't like the contract, whatever the case is. The thing I dislike the most about the contract is the no trade clause. Honestly, you could get through the year playing him, whatever the case is. But the no trade clause, I think, hurts your franchise way more than paying him a crap ton of money for one or two years or whatever the case is. All right. That's fair. So uh, as as we pointed out on the timeline a couple of days ago, it looks like uh, sentiments are starting to shift into your direction. Uh, 51% of the people responding to pro football talks poll say Kirk Cousins should now not be extended. We should ride out next season, which is kind of where Miles and you have been all along. We should ride this thing. Was that the, was that the yeah, um, yeah. pro football talk? Uh, yeah. So can we clarify something, right, with that? Because I think people – the problem is is that I, I, I think people sometimes, they either see what they want to see because they dislike something or they see what they want to see because they like it, right? I think the question – and this is how I read it. He was just – he obviously was saying he knows about the no-trade clause. He knows about all the contract, all of this stuff. In a, in a world where none of that exists, where the Vikings could just make an objective opinion – they didn't. Uh, they didn't have, like I said, no trade clause, all that stuff. Would the Vikings? Uh, would Vikings Nation want to move on from that? And I think most people understood it to be that was what he was asking. So they said, "No, we wouldn't want to keep him. We would. We would be okay with him not being here next year." And I think certain individuals took it as. Oh well, he clearly doesn't know anything about what what Kirk's contract. And he's like, no, forget the contract, forget all that other stuff. Based on what you've seen over the last two years, what decision would you make? And gra- granted, I will say that obviously, I think fans were a little bit more reactionary because of the Packers game. So obviously, some of that recency bias. But I think, I think there might still be some of that sentiment that exists. Um, that people some people aren't sold there are some people like best quarterback we've ever seen best quarterback we've ever had give them all the money we'll be fine all that other stuff but i think there is some sentiment within the base that that does think hey maybe this isn't our guy so i just wanted to clarify that that's that's fair and i think Honestly, if we really think about this thing from the beginning, like Kirk is the same person he's ever been. Um, and, and that's something that detractors and supporters can can say. He is a professional quarterback who operates in, in ways and not saying that they're the same person at all. So if you are listening to this and, and, and take hear me saying this, please calm down, folks. But like very much like what people have tried to hold against, say, a Tom Brady at times, which he's very much 
Um, what the system says he's supposed to do is what he does. And par- a large part of, of Brady's success has been the fact that he runs what they do in a given year. They do switch the system up uh, on, a, on a semi-regular basis in New England, but he runs the system to perfection so that they're able to shuffle shuffle people in and out. Um, and, and Brady's able to, to run the system in an efficient manner. Um, and Kirk Cousins is a quarterback in that same vein. He's not going to get out and scramble a bunch or run around and, and make a bunch of plays outside of the system. He is going to need or rely on a system um, and, and structure to help him succeed, much like the way you know a Joe Montana or other guys in in in, in the past succeeded within the framework of, of a system that it, that is catered to them. The problem is, it seems now like teams like the Packers and the Packers seem to bring unique challenges for us in terms of just how good their defensive line is. But um, they seem to now be using that against Kirk and against us in in these games. And I'm not quite sure how we're going to be able to overcome that as we move forward. Like the surroundings we have here um, and, and everything that we have set up, it seems as though it should be good enough where year in and year out, we should make the playoffs. Like making the playoffs should not even be a question given the talent we have on defense, the, the players we have on offense. But it's something that we're all nervous about every year. And in every big game, we wonder if Kirk Cousins is going to soil himself. And I feel like that in and of itself speaks volumes <laughs> given the numbers he's putting up that uh, there's still this underlying fear of what is going to happen with Kirk Cousins. And maybe that's just like old biases die hard, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. And uh, I'm very interesting, obviously, to track this as we, we move to the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, Prince, I get this because we've talked a little bit about you know the Green Bay game. We've talked about Kirk. We got a game coming up. I guess if you're the coach, you know, Zim has come out and he loves to play these mind games in the press, but he's basically come out and said he's not sure what he's going to do with the starters in this last game. It's meaningless, doesn't really mean anything for the team in terms of seeding or anything like that. But coming off that shellacking that we took in, in Green Bay, some are maybe thinking that it might make some sense to have uh, the starters go out there and play. Bill Belichick is one who's known to uh, to play his starters through to the the bitter end more often than not. So I guess, what are your thoughts? If you're coaching, how would you handle this situation? Divisional game, Chicago Bears, doesn't mean much in practical terms for this season, but just given what you've seen, how are you handling this last game? Yeah, I it, it's tough, Jason. Um, if we were, if we had a first round buy, let's say with the first or second seed, I might consider sitting there, guys. But again, I'm, I'm saying that because that'd be a decision which you'd be not playing your guys for two weeks before they got to play again. Um, I think this is a game. You, if if the Vikings really truly want to make noise in the playoffs, I think you have to play everyone. I think they need to play all sixty minutes and and. Uh, you know, not go into, you know, facing the Saints and it, with, you know, kind of a, a, like a mini break. Because I honestly, I just, I don't think that this is a roster that, I mean, there's, I think there's still chemistry to be gained. I think there's still things that they can work out, right? And to not give yourself that opportunity to work out those kinks before the playoffs, you don't get another shot, right? You lose and you're out. And, and I just think that there's still some problems. Now, that, that's not to say they're going to fix it in a game. 
but I think that they can learn more about where some of those deficiencies are um, by facing another team who, again, has a has a decent defensive line. And uh, again, ultimately speaking, I, I don't think it's to the Vikings' benefit to really sit anyone, um, especially their, uh, you know, anybody on defense, uh, just because. <sighs> There's enough there that the Vikings have been exploited this this all season long, and if you don't get it figured out, then um, it, it's going to get figured out for you in the playoffs. So I, I guess with this team, I'm not an advocate for it. Um, I think I could see some scenario. I see why the Ravens are resting their people like Lamar Jackson, all that stuff. Um, but I just don't think this Vikings team is good enough where I am really, really confident about how well the offense is going to perform. Um, and then by extension, how well the defense will perform based on how well the offense is performing. So I say play them all. Okay, play them all. We're in the playoffs. Really, we likely won't know who we're going to face uh, as things start to shake out in the playoffs. So really, last thing I want to, to ask you about here is if you could line up how these playoffs went, who do you want to see the Vikings face in uh, the opening round? I mean, yeah, you said if I could line it up. I mean, obviously, I think, I think if we could face Philadelphia first, <laughs> I think that would, you know, allow us to get a. I think we actually could beat Philadelphia, um, so that would get us obviously to the divisional round. Um, I think if we could face, I think if we could face Green Bay next after that. That would be, um, I think that would be the next best team to face. Um, and then I would probably face the Seahawks to get us to the Super Bowl. I don't want to face the Saints because I think the Saints are a more complete team. Um, I think that they have weapons that we can't stop. Um, and I just, again, I think they're a way, way more of a balanced team. Now, I think the Seahawks, they have a lot of deficiencies because they don't help Russell Wilson. Um, the Packers, they don't have that great of, uh, of an offense right now, right? They have Aaron Rodgers, but their offense isn't great. Um, he's missing throws. He's, he's, when we talk about, when we actually talk about QB regression, I think we think about QB regression being like a, a steady decline, uh, whereas more of a, like, it's more of a drop off for most QBs, but Rodgers has been the actual QB regression for, for a few years. Um, and so that would be, that would be my road to the Super Bowl is every, basically everyone, but the saints and okay. yeah, everyone, right. but the Saints. I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to play this, play the saints just because I feel like that would happen and our nightmare scenario would end up going down. Drew Brees would get nicked up and Teddy would come in at halftime and, and mm -hmm. lead the saints to some kind of a and victory and us. Vikings Twitter would you know, spontaneously combust and um, yeah, it, it would be the end of all of us. And so I, we don't, we don't I'm need that. For so it all. Ideally the saints just can, you know, get upset at some it point would. early along the way. And, you know, we've, what we need now is we need them as much as we, we, we've talked about Kirk cousins, what we really need at this point, given that, you know, he can sling it. If given the opportunity, we really just need them to open this thing up because the way I see us getting to the big game is if they just open up the offense and just let it go, let it rip and let the chips fall where they may at the end, you know, like 
coming in as a six seed, coming in with the, the team that has the deficiencies that we do against some of the teams that we might be matching up. Um, yeah, we need high variance Kirk to get us there. Like trying to eke out these games. I just don't know if that's going to work with the kind of points these other teams are capable of putting up. Um, and so, yeah, I want to see some high variance. We need Kirk to get on an Eli or Flacco like run. And, uh, I mean, as much as I like to rip on Kirk Cousins, he's better than both of those guys. So if they can do it, let's just roll. hope that we can roll the dice. Zim will loosen the reins on the offense, and we can just air this thing out and maybe, uh, you know, have a magical run that ends in happiness for us as opposed to, uh, you know, what we're accustomed to here in Vikings land. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can rest hey, my laurels hey, on it. What other chance do we do got? <laughs> what other chance we got? <laughs> really, same. we want to get in a dance. <laughs> we have a good team. We have a solid offense. We have a solid defense. I mean, that's all you really want getting in. Yes, we have, like, when you look at the standings, the 49ers, mm-hmm. their defensive line terrifies me. Uh, but, like, the Seahawks, they have some deficiencies. Uh-huh. The Eagles have some deficiencies. I mean, yeah, like I said, if I, I said yeah. I, I mean, I it would feels like things could, could, could fall in a way where we're able like, to get in there and potentially make some noise. Uh, and really, I think the 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 key to us doing that is opening up the offense. It is really what is going to get us to where we need to go. Is opening up the offense and you know riding or dying on on the eighty four million dollar man. And I feel like this lets us know a lot about where we're at, and if it actually does make sense to keep this man here beyond next season. Uh, just a uh, final question then. What is Viking Twitter going to be look, what is Viking Twitter going to look like if we just get just, just roasted by the Saints on uh what you know whenever we face them the first round oh we're not facing oh lord jesus i mean it'll be bad it'll be really bad i mean it's vikings twitter like every loss is the end of the world um yeah i mean we're 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 hopeful that doesn't happen like you said the i mean the ideal situation is we match up with the eagles probably not going to be that way but uh i don't know I have to go watch some Saints tape to see what what where we might have uh, some where we might have some advantages there, but uh, I worry about their D line versus our offensive line. So <laughs> I really don't know, man. I really don't know. Yeah. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. And you know, Sean Payton and Teddy both would love nothing more. You think Teddy har- holds uh, Harbor's negative feelings? I mean, he's a competitor, and they chose yeah. somebody else, so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind motorbiking through the end zone after a oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anywho, uh, I'm going to get ahead and get up out of here so that uh, you can get back to enjoying these holidays. I'm going to go probably watch some, some Witcher or something on Netflix. Listeners, as always. Thank you for sticking with us. We know we had a little bit of break there in the programming because of the holidays. Hope everyone, including all of y'all, had a chance to uh, do whatever it is you do for the holidays to recharge uh, for this final game of the season as we move things into the playoffs. We will be back 
on our regular schedules here at the Climbing the Pocket Network. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you soon. Have a good one.